I'd almost be thinking about waiting until the end of the season to be shopping him around and um, looking at your uh, looking at your other options because you're not presumably going to get a lot of value with him and how much term is left on his contract, how much cash is left on his contract. So why would you just give him up for free when he's still an important piece for your lineup? 702 on a Friday. Sweet, sweet Friday. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour two of that program, of the program. That audio you heard coming back from break. That was Harmon Dial of The Athletic talking about Connor Garland. Who can trade Connor Garland now? Got to keep him. Scored a goal <laughs> against Edmonton. <laughs> Uh, we've got some Ask Us Anythings in the Dunbar Lumber text message in basket. One of them actually pertains to another trade, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, hour two of this program is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find a perfect fit at Kintech.net. Uh, we have a Canucks trade-related Ask Us Anything Friday from Tiny Tim. He is tiptoeing through the tulips. He asks us anything. Do you gents think that if Brock Besser is having a really productive year, that the Canucks should explore trade options? Before, we were talking about selling a depreciated asset. But if, and if it's a big if, he has a good productive 30 to 40 games, and then you start exploring trades, is that the way to go? Um, Sure. (laughs) I mean, I think they have to, regardless of whether you like the guy or not, or whether, you know, he's performing well for you or not, the facts remain. The the Canucks still, even though it was great, the 8-1 win over Edmonton, they still have a surplus of wingers that make too much money. Uh, on the team, right? It's Beauvillier, mm-hmm. it's Garland, and it's Besser. And that, I don't think that really changes unless yeah, they're trade having Beauvillier now. Let's start targeting on Beauvillier because Garland and Besser are good, right? You I wouldn't. Tra- I you wouldn't can't tra- change game to game based on how the guy produces. Right? Well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, I, I I'd be hesitant if I were the Canucks. I'd be hesitant to trade um, Besser right now because he's a big part of that line with Miller and Phil DiGiuseppe. Agreed. Right? However. Um, but, 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 well, let's just let me hear you out. Hear okay. me out, okay? Okay. okay. So um, Garland and Beauvillier seem different to me because the top line might have Mikheyev on it when he's back, and he would be with Pedersen and Kuzmenko. Sure. So Garland has value right now if he's a fit on the top line. He right. has less value if he's, you know, quote unquote, just a third line player. And the same, I would say, for Beauvillier. Yeah. I, all I'm saying is conceptually, moving money off the excess, the overpaid wingers, all due respect to the guys, but for the way that this team is constructed under the cap, that's where you, you need to kind of trim the fat. Mm-hmm. And if they are going to build from this point forward and be a better team, look, let's be real. I love the fact that they beat Edmonton 8 1. But the blue line is still, like, you just circle it, and you're like, I don't know if they can do this all year with this yeah. blue line, right? It's mm-hmm. I don't know if you can get through a full year with uh, Akito Hirose, Noah Juleson. Well, the par- Not even the pairing, but just playing routinely. But the pairing that makes me the most nervous is Ian Cole and Tyler Myers. That one, too, right? Is, that is should be team, your third pair, like, not your second. As much as I, l- I really love Ian Cole on the PK, 
Do you really want to have a second pair in the NHL where Ian Cole is the best player on it? Yeah, like the blue line is going to need to be addressed. I'm not saying you're going to be able to address it with Besser, but do the paint by numbers thing. Mm. Like you free up some money, you finally get out from under one of those winger contracts, you can reinvest on the blue line. Uh, okay, we've got an ask us anything here, and this one's for A Dog. A Dog, are you ready? Colin and Tawasson wants to know. This one is geared specifically for you. With Halloween coming up, your favorite quote-unquote holiday, <laughs> which I remind you is not a holiday. Should be. Uh, and Friday the 13th being today, what is your favorite scary movie of all time? And, sub-question, do you have trouble sleeping after a scary movie? I mean, not once I've seen it enough times, but yeah, I mean, over the years, there have definitely been a few that have kept me up. I remember when I first saw The Conjuring, I was living alone in my own little basement suite, and I had to turn like every light on in the apartment. <laughs> It was just really messed me Sleeping up. Sleeping with the lights on is... Yeah. yeah. What no, was I, The Conjuring about? I know I've uh, seen It's that. pretty much like an exorcist style, like a possession okay. movie. It was it's really good. It was, really, it was a really good movie. I thought um, you liked Hereditary. I, well, that's my current new favorite. Like, if we talk about... Too like, scary. Hereditary was fantastic. Like, it's not just a scary movie, but it's just a really, really well-made movie. But do you like scary movies? I don't like cheesy... Like, I don't... I'm not a huge horror guy, to be You're honest. Not a big, like, like, slasher. Not so much. Like, the first Nightmare on Elm Street I really liked, and there's a handful of slasher films I've liked. But mm. in in general, like, I don't really like the, the torture, like, Saw movies so much. Like, my all-time favorites are probably, like, like Exorcist and The Shining, and I guess if you consider, like, Silence of the Lambs or Alien horror movies, mm. like, those would be in there as well. What about The Ring? The Ring kind that of was good. me up. Yeah, yeah. The, the Ring's a, a very popular... Like, don't you affect my TV watching. <laughs> the Ring's don't a very... Don't you take my TV watching away from me. The Ring is actually one of the most famous gateway horror movies because it's one of the few that kids... like well, Not kids, but it's like it's like aimed at teenagers. Like, it's a preteen teenagers kind of movie. <laughs> What's a gateway horror movie? Like, it gets kids into horror. Into it gets scariest. them into the genre because oh, okay. it's like one of the few horror movies that parents could technically take their kids so to. So what was I watching? Young adult horror and I didn't even know it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like, like people, well, like, yeah. people you ask them, like, are you reading any books and they're like i'm reading harry potter most horror <laughs> movies aren't pg-13 right, i mean you're the an po- adult the poltergeist like poltergeist i guess is one of the few but most horror movies aren't rated anything other than um, r right so so here's an interesting shea serrano uh who's a really great author he's uh the rap yearbook and basketball and other things he's on twitter he's very active twittery twitterer xer and he has a theory that scary movies now have gotten too scary yeah, I saw that, that people have pushed the boundaries to the point where it's not like it's, they're not fun Texas anymore. Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the like, Isn't isn't some of it just getting a little sadistic? And people, the writers are just thinking of like, what's the most sadistic thing I could think not, of? Like the Saw that. movies. Well, it's funny. Just you like, said, it's funny. Halford just said Texas Chainsaw Massacre because that is in no way a fun watch. Like that is a no, no, no. But those that's are a, that's a fa- very famous old tough classical. Watch tropes of like there's a madman on the loose mm-hmm. and he's gonna kill all the kids at the camp or right. like, the, the vibe i got from him was like horror like there was a period of time especially in the 80s where horror movies are really fun like even be. yeah like even though they were gross or grotesque a lot of blood or whatever like they're, scream for example yeah that that's a really good example yeah, okay. of a fun horror movie like poltergeist yeah, yeah. is a fun you have a good time when you're watching it whereas like hereditary uh, it's not a good time when you're watching it. It's, it's awful, it's, right? It's, it's, it's really messed up, but it's still a great movie. Okay, here's an Ask Us Anything. Juan from Comox. Speaking of horror, should we be worried about the men's national soccer team? They lost 4-1 in Japan this morning, and they were down 4-0 yeah. at one point before they added one right at the end. Okay, for the match itself, uh, kudos to Canada for missing yet another clutch penalty. 
in a clutch oh, match. Did you watch it? No. Okay. Uh, it was too early? Yeah. Was, like in the four and a half hours I managed to carve out for myself to sleep last night. <laughs> um, junior, or junior Hoylet scored the only goal. Jonathan David missed the penalty this time. So you had Alfonso Davies missing against Belgium at the World Cup. Yeah. Then remember there was that penalty, and I can't remember who it was in the moment, but it was during one of the CONCACAF Nations League. They were winning comfortably, and then it's like, hey, remember how we should have let Kyle Lahren take the penalty right. at the World Cup? Let's let him take it. And then he missed. And then they're like, you know what? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Let's just let Jonathan David take the penalty because yeah. he's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's the big scorer internationally. He missed today. So, so that's another thing to add onto the pile. Big picture. Japan's good, though. Japan is Japan's legit. Japan is 19th FIFA ranked in the world. Yeah. They have a bunch of players that are playing high minutes for top clubs in top five leagues. They're good. They had a really nice World Cup. They beat the Germans, the Germans. Mm -hmm. They have Germany's number. They Uh, used to be on the same team. Not anymore, though. (laughs) (laughs) And and most importantly, uh, they had this match in Japan Mm -hmm. in front of a raucous crowd at the uh, Big Swan Stadium. That's what they call it because that's its name. Uh, When Canada beat Japan in that World Cup friendly, it was at a neutral site. So Mm -hmm. this was going to be a tough match for Canada. All that said... Getting trounced, and trounced is a fair way of putting this, oh, yeah. with the lineup that Canada had, with Alfonso Davies, who scored an own goal, by the way. Uh, he with, scored a goal. Yeah. With, in his own net. In his own net. Uh, with Jonathan David, with all the guys that they had, not great. Also, optically, losing this badly in the first match post-John Herdman. Mm-hmm. That's going to raise a lot of eyebrows, and that's going to have a lot of people looking at this and saying, ooh, what's going on here? Because, right. re- I mean, all due respect to the interim gaffer, Mauro Biello, everyone knows he's just a placeholder. If he gets this job permanently, everyone's going to say, well, that was the most cost-effective answer for that. <laughs> was just, just give it to the guy that's already got it, right? When are they going to make a decision on that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The organization is in such disarray right now. Because they have to, everyone's like, well, they've got plenty of time until the World Cup in 2026, but they want to qualify for the Copa America. And what's that, next summer? I mean, they've got very important matches coming up in the not-too-distant future because they've got to go through Nations League qualification, mm-hmm. which is in part how you're going to stack up and they don't need to qualify for the World Cup in 2026, obviously. But they want to get to Copa America, so that plays a role mm-hmm. in it. They have big matches on the horizon, basically. So, you know, Laddie and I were talking at the break, and Laddie's like, I can't believe the lack of promotion this match got. And I'm like, well, it's a friendly. But it's not really just a friendly, because all when, <laughs> when you're in such financial disarray like Canada soccer is where they can't even book these matches, mm-hmm. any match you get internationally counts. You have to take it seriously, and you have to say okay, we're using this to make sure that we can play high-end opponents, like a top-20 team in the world like Japan. Leaf with an ask us anything. What's the best way to avoid dancing at a wedding? Oh, Leaf, if you've got the answer to this or anyone has the answer to this, let me know. I hate dancing at a wedding. Yeah, I'm not a big... I don't like dancing, really, anywhere. Like, we are the most predictable guys in that vein. We've all got friends that like love to dance and sure. you're like ah, and the wedding I just don't know what to do. Oh, well, I, I the will whole say. time I feel self-conscious out there. It's a one one of the few areas where I like I hate being tall cuz I feel like you extra stand, you do stand out. extra gangly, you know, just like what do I do with my limbs? Yeah. There's usually because it's a wedding 
and it's kind of understood that everyone's going to partake in this. The the bar for embarrassment, at least mm-hmm. general embarrassment, is lowered because everyone's like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And there's grandma doing the chicken dance. Like, it's a very sort of family-esque thing. It's not like you're at a nightclub, mm-hmm. right, where there's like pro dancers popping and locking and then you're right. all gangly, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, it still feels awkward to dance, <laughs> period. Like, no one likes it. And the only way to get out of it, I think, uh, if you're at an old school wedding, you could just stand outside and smoke with it because everyone smokes at a wedding at some point, right? Mm-hmm. There's that certain point of the wedding where either the old school smokers like, I think I'll get back into this right now at this wedding tonight. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or there's people that are just so drunk. They're like, I didn't know you smoked. He's like, neither mm-hmm. did I. And then, so there's that. You can hang outside. Outside of that, um, sitting in a corner. Looking surly mm-hmm. usually helps. Yeah. But then you're drawing negative attention on just, yourself. Just watching your phone. Yeah. Your phone. On your phone is a good one. Faking an injury. It's tough, right? I think honesty is the best policy. Wear a walking boot. Honesty. Chris Tanev, wear a walking boot. No, don't you think honesty is the best? I don't like dancing. And I don't want to. And I would full, show up in full traction. And if and if and if you he make, rolled in on a bed. And if you make me dance, I'm gonna get pouty. <laughs> and no one wants a pouty date <laughs> at a wedding, right? <laughs> Someone said that's what the coat room is for. Yeah, that's just go hide. Just he's, hide. He's, he's like a guy under hiding under a bunch of coats. Yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't want to dance. Don't mind. Please tell me when it's over. Okay. Uh, do we got a couple other ones? Here? Yeah, we do here. Um, <laughs> Josh in Nanaimo, ask us anything. If you have to take the bus or SkyTrain, what is your go-to seat? Uh, my go-to seat. I, I don't take the SkyTrain much. I, I don't. Uh, you don't ride in the captain's seat up front. My kid likes that one. I'd to love to do that one. Yeah. But in the in the nose of the bullet train as it was? The the bus has some that are just like one person seats. Like they're not like double yeah, seats. One, the single single seater is great. Single seats, yeah. I very, what a couple fun guys we are. It's like, how do you get out of dancing? And what's the best seat to not talk to anyone on the, the bus? The SkyTrain seat at the very back. You, you, your kid likes the captain seat. If you want to do on the one at the back, it's great because it's like you're going back in time. That's true. <laughs> Everything's happening in reverse. Eight yeah. dogs in the back. And yeah. I was like, oh, I think we just got to 55. You know what? I, I never. 88 miles per hour. I know oh, it was 88, I, right? I never yeah. sit on the bus or SkyTrain. I oh. try to stand almost exclusively. Hmm. Because one, mm-hmm. um, you avoid. Any potential awkwardness when, like, an elderly person comes on and you have to give up your seat, just already give it up, right? Don't save yourself the the stress of that potentially socially. Yeah, but you can situation. make eye contact with them and wave them in and look like a good person. Yeah, you get oh, to feel please. like a really good, good, awesome man. Yeah, and, and then they hit you with somebody. their cane. And you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in it for the gratification part of it. I just want to make sure those old people have somewhere to sit. You know, I don't need if you to sit be there and reserve it for them. You can give that seat to them. I feel yeah, like, if you're standing, I'm taking that seat, buddy. Yeah. See, you're the bad person. <laughs> well, I'm going to get up for the elderly person, obviously. Uh, I got one from Safety Mike here. Safety Mike. Which is okay. a good name. Uh, Safe ask, up. Ask us anything. Uh, this is actually something that I brought up a couple days ago and then forgot about promptly. I know Demko was sick. However, do you think there's an opportunity for the NHL to handle goalies like baseball does with pitchers? For instance, pulling the goalies early after the team gets a four-goal lead. So when Demko got sick in Wednesday's game when it was 7-1, and just exited quickly, a couple people tweeted at me. They're like, hey, Halford, they're using your idea, the load management for goalies, right. when you're in a blowout. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, I totally forgot that I brought that up. Oh, my God, are they listening to the show? Yeah, I mean, he's talking. They're actually doing that? Oh, my God. Talking's doing the thing? Don't do it. I was just joking. Like, don't. <laughs> but anyway, it later was uh, revealed that Demko barfed in his mask. Also, and- the text saying that 
they do it in baseball. They take them out with a big lead. Yeah, that classic thing pitchers love, being taken out when they're cruising with a now, nothing lead. Okay, you say that, though, but I want to revisit it because I don't think it's the worst idea. Which would, what would you rather as a goalie? Um, being left in for the entire game, but you don't get to play the next game, or being pulled early and you get to play the next Great game? Great question. Can, is there an option where I get to play no, everything? No, pick one, damn it. <laughs> no. Because as the goalie, that's what I, I want to be in there all the time. Why, I'm not going to pick an option where I don't play. Let's say the Tockett came to Demko, and he didn't barf in his mask. He was to- barfless. I repeat, barfless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, hey, we're comfortable here. I'm going to take you out because the analytics show that a rested goalie <laughs> yeah, has better. a better shot right? with the with the day's break. Otherwise, I may, and I'm not saying he would have done it for Saturday's game, but he's like, otherwise, I got to consider and also next the, game decision. I'm staying. If we, in. Take, if we take you out, there's no way you're getting injured. No chance. Exactly. Right? Gonna it's safe, right? Yeah. We're going to put you in bubble wrap. We're not even going to let mm. you sit on the bench. You just go to the room. And I hang don't out. think you're going to find too many goalies that. Oh, you're that. not going to find team players? Is that why? <laughs> not the goalies aren't team players. Uh, We're in our own bubble, our own world. I'm I'm filling in for Kevin for a skate today. By the way, no word on if it was a helmet puking incident. I gotta ask Woodley if this has ever been discussed in the deep world of goalie analytics, because it would make sense, right? Oh, they've been throwing up in the mask. Well, no, but I'm pretty sure they were like, "Don't do that." Um, practice. Joe and Smithers. Um, we got a lot of questions about driving in Vancouver. Feels like they're mostly from Joe and Smithers. <laughs> this is a loaded question. What is the number one thing that drives you crazy while driving in Vancouver? Mine is people's gap control or lack thereof in left-hand turning lanes. Gap control? You, say, you sound like an NHL coach. I think I know what uh, he means. It's when people aren't on the ball in the left-hand turning lane and like you need to maintain a consistent gap so that as many people as possible can turn left you need a good stick right. in the turning lane Is yeah, that yeah, it? yeah yeah no you know what you're i mean though, right like yeah, there's I know nothing worse than, yeah, yeah yeah um here i've got one but it has nothing to do with drivers okay okay you know how um drivers off obviously get criticism there's the guys that don't use their turn signal or whatever or bad mm-hmm. gap control uh-huh. um cyclists get a lot of criticism yes um, pedestrians, man, stop sauntering across the cr- across the crosswalk, right? Okay. Like, stop sauntering right in my face. If you're older or you you can't walk fast, I'll allow it. But I'm seeing a lot of young sauntering people. Like, I'm trying to turn right, or or, I, or like, there's people here. We're trying we're trying to get moving, right? There's nothing worse when you're trying to trying to turn right, and there's someone in the crosswalk, and they're just like. Do, 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 Make direct do, do. eye is, contact with it you. Is, yeah. It is. It is. It is always a millennial. Always. Oh boy. That oh just, boy. they just look at you and they're like, I don't have to work hard at anything. I'm trying to figure out if it's worse if they the the millennials as Gramps over here uh, has put it. If they millennials look, are actually like in their 30s. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Like yeah, what's what's like, Not even a decade <laughs> yeah. less. Yeah, than I can see. You. I can see you, a dog. <laughs> Just I would do it to you out of across the Actually, crosswalk. No, I'm a very fast walker. You know what? I'm going to wait till there's two seconds left on the crosswalk sign before oh, I do it. Oh, now I'm about to enter. But now that you say this, it. I would do it to you out of spite. Do you know the police actually had a program out there where they were like um, warning people that would like run across when there's like two or three seconds not left? To do that. You're not supposed to do that. Like yeah, yeah. drivers are try- like, you- like, can you imagine you're trying to turn left and then all of a sudden someone's like, oh, wait a minute, I got two seconds left. So would you, like no- would you like, would you be allowed to hit those people? Yeah. <laughs> would you like a big no sauntering sign on every street No corner? sauntering, man. 
We got I'm, places to go. The traffic is already bad enough in Vancouver that we cannot be sauntering. Can I read this one from Don Penticton? Because it made me laugh. And Please, I want to know what you guys would say. Uh, if you two were in a face-off Cajun Travolta scenario, you, Halford and Bruff, and you switched faces with each other, who would fare better in the other's life? Wow, what an amazing question. <laughs> I know, it's so good. There's so many would Halford be better that. as Bruff or would Bruff be better as Halford? Oh, man. I'm going to go right to the sports on this one because uh, I play men's league soccer and he plays men's league hockey. And I think we would both equally torpedo each other's standing. <laughs> what, is, what the hell's happened to Halford? And out it's there? not a very high bar to begin with, but it's like he was bad, but he got fundamentally Bro forgot worse. How to skate. He got significantly worse yeah, at this. My skating isn't good enough that it would be that nice. I'm a, I would be. I think I'd actually screw over your hockey more than you'd screw yeah. over my soccer. You'd piece. have to just say, like, I've been drinking. Right. And they're like, how did you? It's not even like you forgot how to skate. It's like you never learned in the first place. Like, that would be the level I'd of skating. I'd be an awful soccer goalie, too. I'd be like. No, but you're tall. No, but I'd be like, I ain't diving. Well, no. that's a problem. You that wouldn't look like I it was going anyways, diving. so I'm just going to let it go. Yeah, it's, it's cold out here. Like, I'm not getting my hand in the Alfred, you just waved ball. at it. <laughs> Didn't even wave. I don't, yeah, that would be Can tough. you Can that you imagine, though, if I went out there and, like, I was like, oh, I'm under a lot of pressure. I've got, I've got to bring it. And then after the game, your teammates come up to me. It's like, man, you look good today. Hey, man, you got taller. <laughs> you know, you're not taller. Is Halford still reading Halford. a book in net? What is it, yeah. American Prometheus? <laughs> yeah. <that's... laughs> oh, he liked the book better. Oh, no, it is just Bruff being Halford. Okay, we got a lot more to get into on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Coming up, it's the Moj, Bob the Moj Marjanovic. We're going to look ahead to this Lions game against the Ticats, Oski Wee Wee and all that, on uh, on the weekend. In a game in which doesn't really matter that much for the BC Lions, but they still have to play it, of course, there are mathematical, like the slimmest possible mathematical chance that they could finish top in the division, but it's not going to happen. But it's not completely ruled out yet. But we'll talk to Mojo about that, what to expect from this game, et cetera, et cetera. Eight o'clock, Rick Dollywall is going to join us on the show. Talk to Rick about what happened against the Oilers on Wednesday, what's going to happen against the Oilers on Saturday. Any news and notes from around the Canucks? Uh, Rick will be doing that at 8 o'clock, and then at 8.30, it's Ask Us Anything and What We Learns. You are listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drans. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour two of the program. Moj is going to join us in just a moment here. The highlight of hour two. Hour two is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. Uh, later today, it's going to be the Lions in Hamilton. Greg, place fond and near and dear to your heart. Hamilton. Four o'clock, Hamilton, BC. Joining us now. Steel Town. Yeah, that's right. Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Brev Show on Sportsnet 650. Morning, Moj. How are you? Beautiful day in the hammer. And I'll tell you what. 
you know, Hamilton's grown on me over the years. It's, it's blue collar. It's greasy, but it's it's got character to it. You know what I mean? So well, last night, I guess it was called the Hess District or the Hess Street District. Hess Village. Come on. Yeah, Hess it's Village. Famous. It's really cool. It's yeah, not, first it's time. Not, oh, it's not world famous. It's Sorry, world definitely famous. not world my famous. Mistakes. Yeah, Hess Village. It was it was really cool. I went to a little Mexican place called Amigos. It was amazing and. Just a little hole in the wall, but yeah, I had a really good night in Hesu looks last night. So yeah, I've, I've heard the hammers really, growing yeah. on me. I've heard really unbelievable things about Hamilton's thriving Latin food scene. Yeah. Um, also, yes, clip that. Um, what is? It? How did you have a good meal last night? You went for Mexican. What's the food scene like in Hamilton? Well, talked to Dane Evans, uh, Lions backup quarterback, who of course played here in Hamilton, and asked him for a couple of recommendations and. He came up with a place called Amigos, which was, like I said, a hole-in-the-wall Mexican place. It was really good. And there's another place he called, uh, I think it's called Bronzies. It's an Italian joint. And again, probably like, you know, one of those little hole-in-the-walls, he said. But the food is amazing. So, unfortunately, no Bronzies this time. But maybe when we're back here for the Great Cup, we'll check it out. Moj, uh, help me get excited for this Lions season again. The air is a bit out of my tires. Yeah, and, and it should be. I mean, it was such a disheartening loss to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but there's still two games left, and we'll see what happens. And the irony of this whole thing is, like, you think to yourself, well, the chances of finishing in first are kind of remote now because, obviously, BC has to win the next two. Winnipeg has to lose the next two. But the fact of the matter is the Lions finish their season before Winnipeg even plays their next game. So talking to head coach Rick Campbell, it's, all systems go. I mean, they're just going to try to put as much pressure as they can on Winnipeg, hopefully by winning these last two games. And, of course, they got to take care of business here in Hamilton first tonight. But it's kind of interesting that the Lions will be done and Winnipeg will still have two games because when they do play, mm-hmm. Winnipeg has a bye this week. And then next week, BC plays on Friday at home versus Calgary. Winnipeg plays on Saturday. So, yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's deflating. And, you know, it also deflated the players. Don't kid yourselves. I talked to a few guys this week that said, Walkthrough on Monday was, you know, guys were just kind of going through the motions. But as the week progressed, um, the energy level kind of picked up. So we'll see how they fare tonight here in Hamilton. Um, when you look back at that Bombers game, what do the Lions have to improve on next time they play the Bombers? And hopefully that is in the West Final, but this time you're going to Winnipeg, buddy. Yeah, um, they got to finish. I mean, you look what they did in the first half can't remember the exact numbers, but I think whatever Vernon Adams threw for like 375 or 385 and 285 of it was in the first half. A hundred. I know the number in the second half was a hundred and 65 of that came on the one plate of rhymes right at the end of the game. So, you know, they just, they've got to learn to continue to play at the level that they played in the first half. I thought defensively they did some good things. I mean, they came up with some big plays. Um, and you, you got to realize too, is when your offense isn't firing, on all cylinders, there isn't moving the football. It puts so much pressure on your defense, right? So I think, obviously, by the offense playing better, it helps the defense out quite a bit. And to me, that's the big thing. Next time they play Winnipeg, they got to do a much better job of, you know, maintaining what they did in the first half. And the other thing, too, is the offensive line. I've said it all year long. To me, this team basically goes as far as its offensive line takes it. And last week, they gave up a season-high six sacks. So that has to be cleaned up as well. There seemed to be plays that the Blue Bombers were calling and repeatedly having success on. What does that say about the Bombers team? Well, I think the big thing was that RPO and, mm-hmm. you know, where they ran the back and Brady Oliveira. I mean, I think he caught eight passes for like 87 yards in that game. So that was something that the Lions clearly had a lot of trouble with. But 
the thing is with Winnipeg, they have so many weapons, and Buck Pierce does a great job as their offensive coordinator. I mean, just all the motion, the pre-snap motion that they have. I mean, you know, they'll run the receiver from the slot across the formation. You know, they fake the jet sweep. Now they're going to hand it off to Oliver. No, they're going to actually, you know, RPO it off Oliver, and they'll sneak him out of the backfield and hit him in the flat. So there's a lot of misdirection, a lot of stuff that creates doubt with defenders, and when you do that, that's a big plus for the offense. We're speaking to Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. Moj is a presentation of the West Coast Auto Group. Uh, great service, great selection just over the bridge in Maple Ridge. I had a brief pause there. Uh, Moj, the last time that the Lions played the Ticats, this entire show was in attendance, and it was, uh, it was a flat performance, to put it mildly. Uh, is the team talking about trying to use that as some sort of momentum or energy to get up for this game, the rematch against the Ticats? Yeah, it's a good point. I was talking to one player this week, and he said that, you know, watching the film, he goes, I can't believe we lost to these guys. So there's, there's a little bit of payback involved here. I mean, they were kind of embarrassed by Hamilton at home, and they obviously feel that they're a better football team than Hamilton. And, you know, the, the funny thing is listening to some of the Hamilton, uh, the, the talk out of Hamilton here and listening to the Tiger Cat Audio Network, man, they, I mean, they've won four to the last five, as of the Lions. But they think they're, you know, they think they're Grey Cup bound now, right? It's just like, hold on a second here. It's a long season. And I think the, the Toronto Argonauts might have something to say with it. But they're extremely excited about what's going on right now with this team. So um, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's, it's almost like that BC win kind of kickstarted this Hamilton run. So um, we'll see what happens tonight. But I know the one thing's for sure, and that is that there are a few lines that are looking at that game at BC Place. And we're kind of embarrassed by it. We're looking for a little payback tonight. Uh, can Vernon Adams l- do anything to improve his MOP candidacy, or is that conversation done and dusted? I think the biggest thing with Vernon Adams in the MOP is the fact that he just has this, there's this reputation that he has with the national media because, you know, uh, you look at all the numbers, and he's basically right there with Zach Caleros. I mean, take away two touchdowns or two interceptions, Vernon's thrown for more yards, but it just seems that, you know, for whatever reason, Zach Caleros kind of has this halo over his head. And like with Vernon, people look at him and they're almost like, well, yeah, but yeah, look at the six touch, six interceptions against Toronto or, or look at the way he played in the second half against Winnipeg. Yet, you know, when Caleros has a bad game and throws some picks, picks for TDs or whatever, nobody says anything. So it's interesting. It just seems like there's, I don't know. It just seems like everybody kind of looks at Vernon's numbers and yeah, but you know, he's, he's one of those. Yeah, but guys. So um, when I look at the situation and for the MOP, I think the guy who should win it is Brady Oliveira. And I say that because mm. I'm using an old baseball adage here, but you know, Rom, you know, runs above replacement, right? So, or pardon me, war, which is wins above raw, replacement. Raw backwards though. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking wrestling, <laughs> but I'm thinking like, you know, Wins above replacement. If you look at Brady Oliveira, I think he's almost running for 1,500 yards, and the next closest running back has like 1,000, right? I mean, that's like, uh, uh, you know, what, a 33% increase over the guy behind you? So, to me, that's that's huge, right? And I don't even know what the math was. Maybe it was 50% more than the other guy, but you get the idea. That's the, the reason I look at Brady Oliveira and say he should be the most outstanding player because when you look at the other running backs in the league, it's not even close. Uh, speaking of running back, what are the Lions doing at running back this week? Because it's, it's Taquan Mizell's out, Jaquan Hardy's in, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so Smoke okay. Mizell's out with a rib injury, so we're going to find yeah. out what they have in Jaquan Hardy, who will be starting tonight at running back. He had a couple of stints in the NFL with Carolina and Dallas. Yeah. So 
It's one thing that the Lions have kind of really, you know, it's it's weird because when you talk to the coaches, you know, well, you know, we're throwing the football, so let's continue throwing the football. But you're going to need a running game, and Rick Campbell has even acknowledged that. And the one thing about Mizell's game, and I, I love the way Smoke plays, but I think they're really looking for more of a north-south type guy who can get that tough yardage, and maybe Hardy's going to be the, the answer to that question because you're going to need it if you go to Winnipeg in late uh, well, pardon me, early November. Uh, Moj, it is Ask Us Anything Friday, but I've got a little bit of a wrinkle on this one because this isn't an Ask Us Anything for Moj. It's a thank you, Moj, for your previous Ask Us Anything. Dave from Vic says, can you thank Mr. Marjanovic? He actually wrote Mr. Marjanovic for your suggestion about paprika. I now put it on everything. Wraps, sandwiches, cheese and crackers, everything. Thanks. Moj is changing lives. You are. And, and palates, really. Well, I'm going to tell you, okay, I'm going to take another step, yep, all right? Yeah. So you can go into your store and buy your average paprika, whatever, 2 $3 a tin. I went to the wine show one time, and I found this Portuguese importer. They were there selling chorizos and sausages and, you know, various spices. They have this paprika that they import that is just like... <laughs> It's if you try like normal paprika and this paprika, it's not even a comparison. It has so much flavor, so much taste. The only thing is, I think it's like twenty five bucks a ten. You got to go to Richmond somewhere. I don't even know where the place is. Why? Well, I've been there. It's, it's it's almost like a warehouse in a warehouse type thing. It's not a retail store. Nice. But You're going to warehouses for paprika? I'm telling. I, <laughs> I got did. a paprika guy. And chorizo. Hey, and chorizo. You know how much the chorizo cost me? Eighty dollars for like a little, you know, like that little sleeve of chorizo that, you know, sliced chorizo. Yeah, you yeah. get it like, you know, save on for like eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a super high-end place, but the paprika they sell there is just amazing. Just amazing. From the BC Lions running backs to Portuguese paprika. Moj, there's nothing you're not an you expert run the gamut, at. buddy. Yeah, you're the best. Thanks for doing this, man. Wait, hold on. You guys didn't ask me anything. I just, okay. Well, I, I did a, a congratulatory ask us anything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let's do the well, one. Well, on. no, no. I let's no, 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 let's do the one that we were talking about. What bugs you the most about Vancouver drivers? Oh my gosh! Do you, do you have another segment? Um, the thing that drives me the nuts the most: yellow lights. Yellow lights do not mean when you see a yellow, it doesn't mean that you speed up. It means that you enter the intersection if it's safe to do so. That's almost verbatim mm. out of the freaking motor vehicle guide, and I know because one time I got a ticket for turning left on a yellow, if you believe it. Oh, well, but you should read the, read the book. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy. I mean, you're sitting there, and you see people that have no business getting into the intersection, and they speed up, mm. and, like, you're trying to turn left, and it's like, what are you doing, yeah. right? It's super, um, dang- it's super dangerous to do that. Oh, and, and like I said, it's not. And they actually hit the gas. They're trying to make the light because mm-hmm. it's yellow. No, that's not how it works. That's probably my biggest pet peeve. It's just oh, yellow lights. It's, it's and it wasn't that bad. Like you know, whatever, ten, fifteen, twenty years ago. But now it's like an epidemic. BC Lions running backs, <laughs> Portuguese paprika, and traffic violations. Now we've officially run the gamut. Moj, thanks, buddy. Hey, very quickly, Bruff, very intelligent point. Eight one the other night one of the biggest reasons, uh, one of the biggest turning points in that game, and I wrote about my column, I heard you talk about it the other day, proves that you do have some intelligence in you sometimes. The two PKs, mm-hmm. early in the first on the Myers penalty, and in the, early in the second on the JT Miller interference, 
they don't make those PKs could be a different game. Have a great weekend, fellas. Thanks, Moj. Appreciate it, buddy. That's Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. Praises me as a way of promoting his column. That's fair. That's fine. I'll take it. Moj was working the scrum. Yeah, he was. Because I heard him. You, you, you kind of can pick up most of the... We've worked with all these guys for so long, you can pick up their voices. Do you think some of the guys were like, how the hell is those guys? Yeah. He's asking questions? Yeah. And the hammer's growing yeah. on me. Yeah. yeah. Then the hammer is growing on him. Is that the guy wearing the cologne? Uh, Vancouver drivers. Yes. One thing that bugs me, and it's more of an infrastructure of Vancouver problem because the roads are too narrow. Mm-hmm. There's no left turn lanes in this city. And there's always cars turning left and just backing up the whole lane of traffic. In Hamilton, where Moj is, it's all one-way streets. You can only go right. Well, is, are they all one-way streets to get out of the city? Yes, they all lead to the highway. <laughs> just a the highway of... that actually exists in the downtown. Easy corner. access for escape. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of arrows that say exit. And everyone's like, but like, Ooh, how many like, times when, do you when, drive downtown and you're under, stuck behind under this huge line of cars? It says, Sorry. When, when people ask for directions in Hamilton, it's only one question. How the hell do I get out of here? The <laughs> where KW is this is... place and where is the exit? <laughs> like, no, I don't want to go downtown. I want to go the opposite of downtown. Get me out of here. All right. Let's look at some NFL lines uh, for the weekend. The Chiefs beat the Broncos last night, nineteen to eight. They covered um, barely, but they covered. It was ten and a half. And you know what? Line. Taylor Swift, such a nice lady, charitable too, in inviting Brittany Mahomes into the suite. And I think and she look, knew, and, look, and looking like she's friends with her. And, she knew that Brittany Mahomes had been superseded. In terms of the person in the booth that gets the camera on them during the game, mm-hmm. when their significant other does something, yeah, when, and, and it's different with Taylor Swift because people like Taylor Swift, right? Like, like to be fair, <laughs> uh, in the power rankings of likable Mahomes, it goes Patrick, Brittany's still above the brother, yeah. No, so that's true. she's still number two. Actually, Patrick's old man is number two. I should Patrick Mahomes Senior is cool. I like him a lot. Anyway. Um, do you have a lock, or do you want me to do mine right away? Uh, you, well, let's go through some of the games okay, uh, sure. at the very least. We've got the Seahawks and the Bengals. That's a 10 a.m. start. By the way, I'm smashing the Seahawks on this one. I don't. Mm. I get that the Bengals are at home. The Bengals stink. They're a tire fire. They can't protect Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is super banged up, and everyone's like, well, they had a good performance last week. Wasn't that good? Yeah, since he two-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, despite the fact that they're two and three. Joe Burrow is banged up, and the Seahawks are three and one. And their worst game was their first game. Like people are trying to trumpet the oh they sorted it out last week. Yeah, they went to Arizona, but they beat a not great Cardinals team. I mean, look at some of these results that the, the Bengals have had this year. Twice they've been held to three points. Like, when their offense goes south, it goes south-south. I'm trying to look for a real appealing game this year. I, well, this my week, This my week. Lock. But, the, okay, what's the best game on the board? Lions-Buccaneers? Like, entertainment-wise? No, just, yeah, in terms of two good teams going There's not it. a lot of great games this week. Yeah. It's not a great week, so, which probably means there'll be a, a bunch of amazing games on because there's so, no hype. But Sunday Night Football is the Giants at the Bills. Monday Night Football. The Battle of New York. Cowboys Chargers. And I wonder if the story there is going to be like, which one of these coaches is going to get fired? So I am, that's my lock of the week. We'll do it right now. Is I'm going to take uh, the Cowboys plus two and a half on Monday Night Football in LA. Um, I'm, I'm banking on two things here. One, the week to week, right? You get a terrible performance in primetime by the Cowboys last week where they got absolutely blasted by the Niners. Also, I have absolutely zero faith in this Chargers team whatsoever. One, every game is played close. So 
if you want to take the idea of, well, it'll be a tight game down the stretch and then the Chargers will somehow charger it, hit Dallas on the money line. The Chargers barely got out of that game against the Raiders last week with a win, despite another bunch of like bad coaching by both sides, McDaniels as well. Every game this year has been decided by seven points or less. And against the Titans, uh, specifically, the Chargers found a way to lose that game. So here's what I'm thinking. Monday Night Football, it's close right till the end. And then there's some bizarre fourth down decision from Brandon Staley where they blow it and Dallas manages to emerge with the victory. So my lock of the week, take the Cowboys on Monday Night Football over the Chargers. Lock of the week. So... One of my big weaknesses in gambling is if I see a really big home underdog, I'm tempted by it, despite all common sense. I've been there. And I'm looking at Cleveland at home, coming off a bye week. They are 10 point. This line just changed from 9.5 to 10. Literally while I was talking. They are 10-point dogs at home to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So is there a chance that the Browns, who have actually had two pretty impressive wins this year, like they've blown out a couple teams, one of them being Cleveland, yeah. who are 2-2, two and two, they're at home, they're coming off a bye week. Could they get a 49ers team that is maybe not taking them seriously after their big win over the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. the previous week? I'm tempted enough to be that idiot that makes the Browns his lock of the week against... The Super Bowl favorites. If, That's what I'm gonna do. Uh, if I if I win this uh, or if I lose this, I'm just the same old idiot I am every week. If I win this, I look really good. I tried to apply that logic last week to Dallas Ooh. in against San Francisco, yeah. but I couldn't. I couldn't talk myself into a reason why San Fran wasn't gonna crush Dallas, and then went out and crushed Dallas. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying. Eventually, they're going to come back to earth a little bit. I don't think that this is one of the greatest teams in NFL history. Although through like, <laughs> they, first, they play good, close, man. right? They look pretty good. By the way, a lot, like I, I also, but for the record, I hate the 49ers, yeah. so I don't really want to bet on them. So I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay, Cleveland, Cle- <laughs> Cleveland Browns, Cleveland plus ten at home against the San Francisco 49ers in my lock of the week. Lock of the week. We need a I lock th- of the week hot take horn combo button. On That's that true. You can work on that at the break. I, I I think I misspoke, by the way. Oh, wait a minute. The Browns aren't playing Deshaun Watson? I didn't know that. Lock of the week. That's right after the lock of the week. Dude. It's too late. You what's, can't unlock what's, it. What's the, uh, what's the uh, is there like a reverse lock of the week? No. Oh. You don't get to do that. Okay. My uh, other, hold on, hold on, hold my on. My other I, lock of the week. Curse of the week? Well, wait, uh, my other lock of the week is San Francisco minus 10 at <laughs> Cleveland. I'm going to break even. Uh, by the way, I should mention, I think I said earlier that Dallas, I might have said that they were uh, two and a half point dogs. They're two and a half point favorites, just so we're clear. It doesn't change the lock whatsoever. I think they're taking care of, of the Chargers on Monday Night Football, no problem. But So again, the locks of the week are Cowboys minus two and a half, and then Bruff took, in, in the most unprecedented lock of the week ever, <laughs> Cleveland plus 10 and San Francisco minus 10. Who's their starter now? Is it PJ Walker? PJ Walker. PJ Come Walker. on, PJ. Let's do it, buddy. So either way, we walk away a winner. Okay. Uh, lock the whole thing up. Just relock <laughs> it for us. Lock it away. Let's dive into the Dunbar Lumber text message in basket here. Uh, 650, 650. 
is the number. If you want to weigh in, the final half hour of this show is going to be reserved solely for Ask Us Anything's and What We Learns. Hashtag it AUA or WWL. Again, Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. Uh, do we have, do you have anything yeah, in the hopper? I have, I have, a, I have a good one um, about the Buffalo Sabres. Um, this is from Brad in ND. Where's that? Probably North Delta. North Delta. Okay. I was like, North Dakota? No. Notre Dame? Ask us anything. Would you swap the Canucks' entire roster for the Buffalo Sabres' entire roster right now? That would mean Buffalo would even get the OEL buyout, but the Canucks wouldn't have Demko, for example. You're flipping places okay. entirely. Okay, so you're completely switching... Some sort of Freaky Friday type All scenario. the assets that and liabilities that the Sabres have. Yes, for, everything. Okay, so this these ones are really hard to for me to do because like you do have personal attachments to the players on the Canucks like I have a personal fandom of for example Quinn Hughes like I I love Quinn Hughes I love, I love you okay but <laughs> I'm sorry okay but I think if you're asking who has the better chance to win the Stanley Cup over the next five years, it is the Buffalo Sabres and is the Buffalo Sabres by a fairly wide margin because what really some people won't get or won't know is that the Buffalo Sabres have one of the best prospect groups in the NHL. And it's not just Benson. They have some really good players coming. They have two two good young defensemen locked up in Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. Uh, and they don't have, I don't think they have a player of Petey's caliber, but if things don't go right, the Canucks might not have a player of Petey's caliber next season. I, I would get t- it. I would take okay, it. look. So, like, what? But, 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 honestly, who has the best chance? It, it, that's the question that I'm going with. Who has the best chance of winning a Stanley Cup over the next five years, as currently constructed? I will take the Sabers. The Sabers have more good players currently, and have also more depth. Like, I don't, don't think they, they don't, have more good players currently. I think yeah, they have I'd more potentially so. good players. They I don't know, their, out, their young look, core is pretty impressive, and they're all locked up. And goalies you can find. Right. Goalies you can find. And, and Devin a, Levi, like, yeah, he had a bad game yesterday, but he's still probably going to be a pretty good goalie. Goalies you can find, except you can't. Right? How many teams have tried to find goalies and haven't and have had it completely implode on them? Also, I respect the fact that they're taking long-term speculative bets on young guys and just assuming that it's going to pan out based on very small sample sizes. I get it. You have to do it sometimes. And when you stockpile this talent, there's a certain part where you have to keep the talent. So I get all of it. But they have made a lot of long-term bets on guys that, look, a lot of them are not proven at the NHL level. Some are, for sure. But some aren't. And they're taking long-term speculation bets on them. That's fine. It's a philosophical approach. It's the way that they want to conduct their business. And I get it. It makes Mm -hmm. sense. Because those deals, ideally, pay off in years three, four, and five. When the guys blow up in the NHL and they're making There's less than market huge value. upside potential when you make these bets. Mm-hmm. Is there downside potential? Yeah, there is. But there's huge upside potential. If you get these guys locked up long term and they hit, mm-hmm. and that's a big if, right? And they hit, then you have the potential to add yet another impact player on top of that in free agency. For example, remember when the Chicago Blackhawks, a long time ago, were able to add Marion Hossa? Mm-hmm. That's the type of thing that you can do mm-hmm. when you make good bets on your young players. They have to pan out, yes, but they have to pan out anyway for you to be a Stanley Cup contender. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I don't want to. So, have who this- would you take? 
Well, if you're talking about like take, this is take, actually a really difficult. One. Take take. I don't think it's, I actually don't think it's that hard. I think the Buffalo Sabers are much better set up over the next you, five years. Can you agreed? Really? Yeah, I would pick the Sabers for sure. Okay, who who's doing it for you? I get Darlene. And I get power for sure. Well, like the, your are, argument against being like the are you the, are you the risk the, are of you I'm a big Dylan Cousins fan. I think he's a good player. <laughs> right, but he hasn't done anything yet. Well, he's only 22. Give I him know. a break. But there's lots of. I mean, we've been. <laughs> well, you're saying Cage Thompson has already done something. Yeah, he's exactly. only 25, and a lot of people are thinking that he could win like the Rock and Bashard Trophy this year. Sure. This, this, the long-term speculative bets thing that you're Alex saying Tuck is a good as a, player as right a now. risk is also a reward if you look at it the other way. Which no, is I know. I would pick, I, I'm just which saying. is why I would pick them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, what what have the Canucks proven that you you know like what? No, no, no. It's a, it's a, they had it's a good first just, game. Just listen to me. It's that Pedersen has proven that he can put up a hundred points in an NHL season because he did it. Yeah, yeah. Hughes has proven that he's mm-hmm. one of the top four or five defensemen. Well, so has Darlene. Done it right. Darlene and Hughes. Darlene, look at Darlene's. Darlene's had one really good year in the NHL. Darlene's I'm not legit, saying, man. He's he might yeah, very well be. Darlene and Hughes he might are very well be. He might very well be. But if you were to ask me who I'd take right now. I'd take Quinn Hughes over Rasmus Dahlin. Okay. All right. What about all because the Because I love my team, and I'm not a jerk. <laughs> what about all the prospects that the Sabres have? And, those great, and the, the great contracts. Yeah. The great contracts. Yeah. You know what happens when a great contract doesn't go in the right direction? You're too risk-averse. Yeah, I just like the safety. You know what I love a gamble, most, man. Though? The Canucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650.